Being a mother is an attitude, not biology. An unknown writer once said, if you give me any three words, I'll write you a story about my mother. Story is in our DNA, and of course, so is she. We gathered stories from men and women in all walks of life. Stories about the ones we have, the ones we are, the ones we know. This includes stories about stepmothers, godmothers, grandmothers, birth moms, foster moms, the mom up the street. It includes stories about not being a mom and stories about mothering in other ways. No matter how you slice it, if it's not one thing, it's your mother. Hi everybody, I'm Lupe Padilla Mitchell. I'm a life coach of mothers and families and a mother of three adult daughters. I'm Katie Mitchell, actress, writer, storyteller, and mom of a teenage son. Hi, everybody. So today's episode truly is a testament to the fact that mothering has nothing to do with biology. Today's guest is Sherry Walker-Kwan. She's a former foster youth who entered the foster care system at 14. She's currently obtaining her master's of social work at USC. And she's part of an ensemble theater performance directed by Kathleen Rubin called It's Just My Life, where she was able to write today's piece, Heart Mom, Bio Mom, during the creative writing workshops. And you can read more about her on our website. Hi. Hi. Um, you guys want to introduce yourselves, just your names? Yeah. Uh, I'm Stephanie Morfitt. And I'm Sherry Walker-Kwan. I want you to tell me a little bit about your piece, just a little bit about why you wrote it, how it came about. Oh, okay. So I joined a writer's workshop and I was having a little difficulty. Um, my amazing director, her name is Kathy Rubin. She was like helping me craft a piece and I wanted to write something, but I didn't know what in particular. And she said, write about the most important person to you. And I thought about immediately my heart mom, Stephanie. Um, and I said, well, my heart mom, of course. And she said, heart mom, what is that? What does that mean? I say heart mom because although um, my heart mom and my heart dad, they didn't do the adoption paperwork, they invited me into their heart, which was worth so much more, especially me emancipating out of foster care at 18 and then meeting them shortly after. Um, they completely invited me not only into their lives, but just into the heart pieces of them, um, into daily life helping me not just navigate life skills, but how do you be a woman? How do you love? What does family look like? What does a healthy family look like? So uh, my heart mom and my heart dad totally inspired this piece because they changed the course of my life. Oh, I just love that. Maybe we should um, read it right now and then we can talk about it after. Is that yeah. good? Okay, absolutely. Okay. So bio mom, heart mom. I wish my mom had a mom like mine. I have a heart mom who gave me love. She overflows with words of affirmations like, you have options and choices, Sherry. You are capable no matter what you choose. You are smart enough to graduate from college, but if you choose differently, I support you. I also have a bio mom who gave me life. I know she didn't have the same opportunities in her life as my heart mom. I wonder, if her life had been filled with words of affirmations, would it have been different? Would my life have been different too? My heart mom is Stephanie and my bio mom is Brenda. Brenda and Steph, how far apart their worlds are. My heart mom Stephanie completely changed my life. The reason my heart mom Stephanie had to teach me so many life lessons is because my bio mom Brenda never did. My bio mom would say, you would not let people harm your children if you weren't harmed yourself. 
From as far back as I can remember, she allowed us to be abused by most of the people in my family. My pedophile grandfather, my older cousins who learned from him, and family friends, generations of abuse. The unspoken family motto was, what happens in the house stays in the house. How could a biological mother let this happen to her children? I mean, isn't maternal instinct supposed to kick in and win out? For my mother, it never did. I come from a family where sexual abuse is as common as morning breakfast, where physical violence was as natural as a conversation, and sexual leering from male relatives occurred as often as the sun sets. After years of abuse, I finally ended up in foster care at 14, the safest prison I've ever known. On top of all the abuse, my biological mother allowed me and my sister to suffer. She was diagnosed with severe paranoia. If you ask me, what was the worst part of living with a mother who suffered from this? I will tell you that the gun she put on neighbors due to loud music, the beatings with extension cords, the wooden brushes broken over our heads, and the chokings till black became closer than light was nothing compared to, you are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You gonna be just like your dang daddy. You make me happy when skies are gray. My body was fitting tram before I had you and your sister. You never know, dear, how much I love you. Didn't I tell you not to achieve too much in school? Your skin is a target. They gonna get you, girl. Please don't take my sunshine away. My story is more than the smile on my face and the trauma that I suffered. It is way beyond the oversimplification of, you're an adult now, let your past be your past and move on. Today, my bio mom only calls when she needs money. She recently started calling after years of radio silence, after she saw me on a television episode for the PBS SoCal graduate series, and she assumed that I was wealthy. I'm a USC graduate student. I don't have any money. USC has all of the money. And I'm studying social work and I don't even want to be a social worker. I'm aspiring to be a writer who writes from the perspective of both a social worker and a former foster youth after care. My heart mom, she calls to see how I'm doing. She checks in on me to see how life is going and to make sure I'm attending all of my MSW classes at USC. Alongside budgeting my money correctly and checking in on how my new husband Matthew Kwan and I are doing. How different the conversations with my moms remain. Two separate worlds, two different types of pain. Even with my clumsy way of mastering adulthood and trying not to give in to my self-sabotage, I have been blessed with both the worst and the best of human nature from my moms, Brenda and Steph. My heart mom taught me that love is not a weapon to be used as an excuse to hurt, but as motivation to heal. I will never allow my children to be abused as I've been. I will protect them. I will believe in them. I will remind them that no one on this earth ever has a right to hurt them. How I wish my mom had a mom like mine. Maybe if she had seen the real love, she would have had the strength and the faith to keep me and my sister safe. Um, yes, there has been pain, hurt, trauma, but there's also been joy, faith, hope, and love. No, I have not arrived by any means, but hey, that's just my life. Mm. Wow. That is so, I, it's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> and you're a beautiful writer. 
She is. <laughs> you really are. Uh, the line that always like blows my mind is the safest prison you've ever known. It's just a breath grabber. And the way you speak just from the purest place in your heart hmm. to everybody else, it's, it's beautiful. Hmm. So we're really lucky because your heart mom is here with us today. Yes. <laughs> Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Hi Stephanie. <laughs> we're so happy to have you. I'm really honored to be here. Mm-hmm. We were thinking that we wanted to talk about how mothering is not a biological thing, you know? Yeah. That someone could step in and be that saving grace. Mm-hmm. How, so, how, did, how did you two meet? Do you want to start? No, I can't. Um, so I was living at the YWCA um, West Side Transitional Housing Program for young women who are in foster care who had recently tra- um, transitioned out of foster care. Um, so I was living with about eight roommates at the time. And at the time, I had just started Santa Monica College and I had been kicked out of Cal State Long Beach University due to low grades. So I was trying to get back on track with school and they asked me like, what's the one thing you need? And I said, hey, I need a tutor with just organization because all my papers were everywhere and I knew I didn't Hmm. know how to do school right. Right. So I'm asked for a tutor and then my heart mom, Stephanie, she happened to want to volunteer at the YWCA. Mm -hmm. Um, And they said, hey, do you want to tutor someone? And then she said, I don't know about tutor, but I love to meet her and see what I can do. So she ended up, um, she didn't want to uh, tutor in this particular subject. And I didn't need a particular subject. Um, so she ended up tutoring me in life. Um, so she would come every wow. single day. Um, I remember sitting down with her for the first time. She was like, where are your syllabus? And I was like, Scylla what? What are you talking about? And she was like, the papers they gave you on the first day of class. And I was like, oh. So I threw out all these papers Those ones they throw away. <laughs> I was like, oh. She was like, these have everything that you need. They tell you when your assignments are due. And I was like, oh. And mind you, I've been at Cal State Long Beach for like a year and a half and didn't even know that. So like she taught me the basics. She like bought me a hole punch so I can hole punch my things, organize them. When I was struggling in school, she told me like, Sherry, you need to go to office hours. I was like, what are those? She was like, go meet with your teacher and let them know what's happening. I was like, oh, okay. Um, So she taught me the basics of school. um, And I remember um, I'd share with her the things that were happening with my biological mom at the time because my biological mom it was just a lot going on she would give me these phone calls and sometimes she would be super manic and sometimes she would be normal um and I remember crying with Stephanie like why is she doing this this is terrible I wish Mm. I had a mom so sad I remember the holidays were coming around and I had nowhere to go and I said I'm really sad I have to be in this house on Christmas this is terrible and I was like crying to her and I didn't expect her to do anything I was just like she was like an awesome person who would come there every day and mind you she was the first person in my life that wasn't being paid to deal with me and I think that's a big thing in foster that's care huge. a lot of times everyone's being paid to be with you even if they are really nice mm, I think that yes. does something to you psychologically it so does. knowing that my heart mom would come every single day she wasn't being paid a dime for it. she was just coming out of the goodness of her heart um so that was like amazing so mm. long story short Christmas rolled around. I remember her coming to me and saying, Sherry, um, over this time period, you've really uh, beca- become a part of my life. And I and I, um, and I let my partner know about you. So I want you to come to our Christmas. I want you to come to our Christmas. And you're a part of our family now. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give you like a stipend. And because every person in our family who um, is in college, they get a stipend to buy Christmas presents for their family. And I was thinking, what in the world? What's going on? <laughs> and I was like, huh? mean i'm your family will give me money I don't know. <laughs> so i contacted another mentor i was like i don't know 
know. It was like <laughs> Miss Elizabeth Kessner from Night for the Children. And I was like, I don't know. Why is she doing this for me? She was like, Sherry, this is a part of family. You can trust her. I was like, Okay, so from then on out, um, they really invited me into their life. Now, mind you, my background is coming from Watts, California, in the projects. Um, I had somewhat had a hold of my emotions, but not really. I was like all over the place, like, ah. Mm. Didn't know how to dress appropriately. My emotions were here and there. I mm. want to drop out of school every other day, mm. but it didn't matter. Um, then my heart mom completely comes from a different background than me. Is a completely different race, right? I'm African American. She's Caucasian. Completely different. She came at a heart level that hit me and completely changed my life. So. From the time she invited me into her family, from the time she just invited me into her life, it changed my life, pivotal. So as my mom, she could tell me things that nobody else could tell me, right? right. Somebody right. else tried to tell me I'm going off, no, no, no. But she tell me, I'm like, mm, yeah. all right. You know, like, <laughs> Sherry, if you want to drop out of school, you can, but you're going to have to, you know, flip some burgers. And I don't <laughs> like flipping burgers, mind you, because I work at Fast Food. I was like, Okay, I'm going to do my homework, you know, but she was my mom from yes. then on out. So that's kind of like my version. Um, and ever since then, she's, yeah, she showed me the world and showed me um, everything that a mom would. Um, and I think most importantly, that love. Love. Yes, definitely. Yeah. That love and those skills, because that's what a mother would do, would set you up for success. Yeah. And that's, and that's what you accepted from her. Mm-hmm. That's great. And what did you get from, from doing this? I'm like, what has Sherry done for you? Yes. You're like, or how did you say yes and say yes to it every day? A lot yes. of people say yes. A lot of people say yes. I really want to volunteer. Oh, I really want to change the world. Yes. But the commitment you had is on a different level. It is. And if you were to meet Sherry in person, you would say yes every day too. She has this life spirit about her that is such a gift. Uh, And it was all about what she was offering to me or to the world or to her roommates at the Y, sometimes Hmm. too much. Right? We worked on boundaries a lot. (laughs) That (laughs) initially a huge lesson. And I think, I guess, to go back to the question, what I really got from it is I had been a daughter. I had been mothered. So I knew what it felt like to have that unconditional love uh, and just sort of the intervent. Like, my mother is such a wonderful, loving like all-encompassing woman, right? Sherry knows her. We call her Queenie. Because my husband believes me to be the princess, so my mom has to be the queen. I love that. Uh, so that's Make kind a of, note. That's kind of her name. Uh, and, you know, at a young age, I knew that I wasn't necessarily going to have children of my own. I wasn't necessarily interested in that path. But I knew that I was great with children. And... I felt like it opened up like an opportunity for me to like experience the world in a different way. And when I met Sherry, I had been working for, I don't know, probably 12 or 15 years like with children. But Sherry was really the second experience because of, you know, I have Makai. So I had another son, sort of like Sherry, who I call my like heart son, my heart daughter. Thanks to you giving me that label. But I was able to then give the unconditional love and not be the recipient of it. Mm-hmm. So it became a holistic, or like like a whole experience for me, not to just like get it, but mm-hmm. to give it. Mm-hmm. And, and to be wholeheartedly invested in another human being in a way that is like a mother was so 
special and like just has been such a really wonderful experience <laughs> for me. Um, like Sherry said, like we couldn't look more different or sound more different or have different backgrounds. Um, but we are truly family. I just couldn't even imagine my life without her. In fact, like walking up to do this podcast, I saw her and it's, you know, now that she's grown and married <laughs> and I'm an empty nester. <laughs> you know, we went from sort of daily contact to then realizing I had to sort of let her like fly the nest, but I wasn't going to let it be that easy. So it was like, let's just go down to two days a week. And then I remember having this very serious conversation with her, which I realized was more for me to say it should be once a week. And then it was like every other week. And I was like titrating myself off the Sherry love, the daughter love, the mother love, all of that. So, um, and now that she has found and married an incredible man mm. who ended up coming over to my house um, and asked for my and my husband's blessing. Wow. Mm. Oh, um, that's beautiful. It was beautiful. And my husband's version of the story is <laughs> Stephanie did not say yes. <laughs> she had some questions because I did. And I wanted to know, was he going to love and honor her? Was he aware of the difficulty that they would face, she being African-American, he being Chinese, uh, that they were younger, uh, and, and so much of that. And he was so thoughtful in his responses. And Sherry and I joke a lot that Matthew's a lot like me. And Sherry's a lot like Neil, right? So sort of <laughs> entered into these relationships with... And so so in this conversation over this brunch that I had prepared for him, I realized she's marrying me. <laughs> what better place for her to be? <laughs> and that she would bring to him all that my husband had brought to me, which... I was a half of a person before I entered into my marriage with Neil. And like to allow like this to open up. Right. Um, and so then um, Sherry was so lovely. Um, she called me and said, well, I really want Neil to walk me down the aisle. Wow. Mm. And I said, well, you're going to have to ask him. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, and then she called and asked him and then... Um, then they did the father-daughter dance, and he gave the toast at her wedding. I have pictures. And so you just got married this summer. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Here's the thing, because, you know, so often, and I come from an, an interesting upbringing, too, and not necessarily mentally stable, and didn't really have anybody else that I could look to. Mm. But, uh, so I think you're so fortunate, but my point is... So fortunate. Your spirit is so... Absolutely so strong. So I understand, mm. Stephanie, how you could have reacted right away. I mean, she's just beautiful. She mm. she glows. People, she glows. Anyways, <laughs> there's a light. But um, you will now be raising a family, right? And how do you think it will be different going forward with this guidance? Yeah, oh, that's a great question. I think um, the love that I have for my, for my heart mom and my heart dad um, has already changed the course of my family legacy with just the man I was able to marry. Mm -hmm. I think a pivotal conversation we were able to have um, 
me and my heart mom is that um, I remember right out of foster care, I didn't have the healthiest relationship. I had the worst relationships. I was like, I just need to have some money. And this guy has the money. And I remember she's looking like, sure. Um. And like, she's a great mom because she didn't say, no, don't do that. She right? was like, she asked me a lot of questions. She's like, she I don't like, the best look at this. Let's just look why at this. Why would someone want to deal? Because I was still like in my teens. She was like, why would someone want to deal with their, their teens when they're in their 30s, Sherry? I was like, I don't know. Maybe. Um, and I remember we were sitting down one day and I told her, um, she was like listing all the things that one day a man would do for me. And I never heard that because I watched all mm. of the African-American drama. So like Poetic Justice, <laughs> Baby Boy. That was like my role models and the people in my family. That's all that I'd ever seen. And she was like, what kind of movies are you watching? And I was like, Baby Boy, Poetic Justice. Um, <laughs> I was like, name all the African-American Players Club. She was like, oh no. Have you watched the Christmas Carol? The Christmas Carol? What? She was like, you need to change what you watch. And I was like, oh, oh. And then I remember she was listing all these things. And I remember um, two of the top things she listed. She was like, one day, Sherry, you're going to have a man who's going to open the door for you every time you go somewhere. When you're going to the car, when you're walking in the door, he'll open it for you. And I was like, yeah, she was listing all these things. And then, she, and then like something that like stopped me in my track. She was like, you're going to marry a man who's never been to prison. I was like, never. You lost me. <laughs> you, I you, dreaming. you dreaming. This is a true I was story. Like, you dreaming. You lost me. You, with all that other stuff, maybe someone will open the door for me. Okay, maybe respect and love. But never been to prison? I don't think that's going to happen for me. <laughs> and then I met my husband, uh, Matthew Kwan. He's the most amazing person in the world. And he is. He's exactly like my heart mom. He's like, let's do a spreadsheet. <laughs> What are you doing? What are your plans for the Wait, day? Let's budget. Let's, let's budget. Time manage. Let's do you really need those extra tacos? I'm like, oh my god, my heart, mom. Oh my god, you really are like her. But it's good. It's good because he mellows me out. I'm like the wild person, like amazed by everything. He's like the planner, prepper, budgeter. Save the money, get everything done, list it out exactly like my mom. So that completely changed my life. And something that he's been doing for me since we've met mm -hmm. is he's opened my door every single place we ever go. So if you ever see me and my husband, he really does open up my door everywhere we go. Every time I walk to the car, it's been um, two years and four months now, and he's opened my opened my door every single day. That's pivotal for me. He's never been to prison, mind you. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Do you have a crystal ball or he what? He is kind. He is patient. And he's really taught me about um, a healthy relationship. Because I saw right. it in my heart, mind, and my heart died. And I was thinking, man, I don't think I can ever have something like that. People don't exist like that. That's like a rare thing. Maybe that's like a put together people type thing. Not me, but I was able to find that in my husband. I think that was the first step in choosing your partner. When I think about my biological mom, the men that she chose, that was pivotal right. to hurting her children, right? Yes. So men who were not very good with both the physical the sexual abuse that was happening, the physical abuse, the verbal abuse, all that I saw not only on my mother, but on me and the cycle continues. The cycle, That's what I watched. And it's a cycle. That's why I'm saying yes. and yours is broken and I just wanted to Absolutely. You know, yes. know because then the only way then to go forward in a healthy manner is to break the cycle and sometimes you have to do it on your own. Yes. And sometimes you're lucky enough to have somebody just open that horizon for you and say But also there the other strengths. I mean, your heart mom has such a strength and she holds such a light for you hmm. that was so strong that it didn't matter the 
14 years or however long you did not know her. Hmm. All of that, like what you held for her to step into is is so amazing when you think about it. Absolutely. You know, I, lo- I love that. I love your strength. Just the strength and that love and that commitment. I love that. Because a lot of people, 14 years is a very long time to, mm. to suffer, you mm. know? And it takes quite a woman. You were 18, weren't you? When, 18? When you guys met so I was 14 when I entered foster care. Okay, yeah. so. But I think I was, you, you were 20 when we met. Oh, yeah, she stop was already it. out of was foster like care. 19 growing into 20. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Even so, more, you yeah. were 20. Yeah, yeah. Well, that so, is amazing. Her older sister, older half sister, although yes. really like a sister. Yeah. Um, Sharonda fostered her, and then I think things became, you know, sort of to a point where you were gonna like venture on your own, and that's when you lived at Cal, right in Long Beach. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you yes. got all those checks. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Where you know, yes. without a mentor or a, like a responsible person in your life, how about this? To me. Who wouldn't do exactly what Sherry did, which was like exactly. spend your money, yeah, like yeah. just as yeah. you saw fit, and like not go to class? Because I don't know, it just to me it made perfect sense why it had been so difficult, and it was more about what has happened to this beautiful young woman who is intelligent and smart and funny and bright and loving and caring and compassionate. That she's gotten herself to this place at 20. Yeah. It's not about what hasn't she done. What has happened to her? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was more right. curious. And then it just became this really wonderful relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> it really is. Mm. Yeah. You guys. Yeah. This is beautiful. This An inspiration, really, really. really. Both of you. Really great. Both of you. Just beautiful, beautiful inspiration. I have another question. Only because I... Um, a friend of mine, she's a writer, she's uh, suffered a lot in her life, and she decided to write a book. And after she wrote that book, and, you know, there's certain family members and stuff, and she's quite successful now, very successful mm-hmm. now. And um, that, because her family is still stuck in this place, right? In that mm-hmm. same suffering, that same cycle. She's extremely successful. And is no longer there, right? She is. She's crossed over to decide a totally different life than the one she was given, and it's still having. So if she does a Facebook Live, or she does anything on the stage, she may just have someone from her past coming at her, whether mm-hmm. that be a family member or a cousin. Have you ever had to experience like you shifted so that they that they have something to say to you, like? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. How why are you? Why who do you think you are to do that? Because mm-hmm. that that's what happens to my friend. Oh, absolutely. So earlier on, when I was first achieving quite a bit in school um, and working on getting my associate's degree and then my bachelor's degree, and now I'm on a master's degree, I got a lot of feedback from family of you don't need to go to school. You need to just get a regular job. Who do you think you are? Um, and I was thinking, man, I didn't even talk to my heart mom about it. Like, maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. They don't, they're saying school's not the way. Maybe it's not the way. And I'm saying, no, you're smart enough to finish school. You should stick to school. Because if you weren't, we'd find another way. But you should 
stick to school because you're smart enough for school. Um, but now I find that um, the family members that I have, they've heard quite a bit of my spoken word pieces. They're really inspired and they're like, Sherry, that's what I'm saying. And even foster for saying, Sherry, that's what I'm saying. I think mm -hmm. a key thing from the one thing I think my biological mom taught me how to do, she taught me how to code switch. Um, I didn't know how to turn it on and off. What is a code so switch? Code switch. So code switch is where you're able to change your vernacular, your tone, your way of speaking, your mannerisms to something completely different. You can assimilate to very different situations. So I oh, know how to okay. do that, but I didn't know how to control it. And that's where my heart mom comes in. She taught me how to control it in these very fancy situations. She'd take me to fancy dinners, fancy meetings. She probably shouldn't have took me, but I'll just go like, hmm. but I would like copy her. Like she start wearing, I remember she was wearing blazers. So like I bought some blazers. Like I would be like my heart mom. This is how you do it, you know? Right. Like she taught me how to eat with a fork and knife. She taught, took me to Wolfgang Puck, I'll never forget. And I was looking at her eating cocktail shrimp with a fork and knife. She taught me how to do those things, which was amazing. Yes. Um, but she taught me, she taught me how to turn it on and off and how to control my emotions and how to control my tongue. And something that I realized, especially with my family, is that we all experience certain things right yeah. we experience that trauma as generations of sexual and physical abuse just generations upon generations and just to bring it back i recently did this dna test and it connects right i did this dna test i was like i want to know my history and i found out that i'm about like six percent like european and i was like oh whoa where'd that come from and i'd heard talks in my family about like where that came from come to find out um i talked to my uncle and um we were a part of a um Way back in the day of slavery, we were on a breeding plantation. And my great-grandmother, she ended up being the main person who the plantation owner was, I guess you could say fond of. I don't know any other word for it. Um, you can use other words. So they ended up having multiple children together. She had a daughter, and he had children with that daughter, too. Um, so it was just like these generations of way back in the day since slavery of sexual abuse happening, wow. of physical violence, of all right. these things. And I wonder why my family was like that. Sure. But then something key and pivotal is is that a lot of times my family members right so they'll write things on facebook they'll have conversations try to have conversations with the family try to have conversations with social workers who take the kids and they may be saying sometimes similar things of what i'm saying like hey the abuse wasn't right right i'm saying it's not right if you hear the poem i'm saying no that wasn't good this is how i was raised but they say it in a way where if they're not code switching, people don't understand and they'll write them off. Oh, you're just talking or, oh, you just need help. But when I speak, I know how to code switch in a way to build a bridge. And my heart mom gave me that ability by teaching me, Sherry, you need to learn how to control your tongue. You need to learn how to control how you dress, what you say, your mannerisms. All those things matter, especially if you're going to elevate on a different level. So when I do my spoken word pieces, um, if you can hear, I do, do the duality. Right? Yes, yes, duality. yes, you do. Yes. Walker, she came from the projects. Yep, our show did come from the hood. Yes. Sherry Walker, we are sitting over tea and we're talking today, right? Because <laughs> I have to build the bridge to, hey, we're talking over tea, people. And I had to build the bridge to, hey, yep, I'm still from the hood. Don't get it twisted, right? But that building the bridge, they understand. They say, Sherry, that's exactly how we feel. Sherry, that's, that is exactly what happened. And there's a, 
I think there's a healing process to that. Um, and I realized that um, my heart mom, she gave me all these abilities and I'm really grateful for, for that. But many people didn't have a heart mom. Mm -hmm. Many foster youth don't have a heart mom. Mm -hmm. I still have my heart mom here, mm -hmm. right? Like she said, we don't speak every single day, but everything she taught me, it still comes to play. When I'm sitting in an office meeting with everyone around the table and I'm feeling like, man, nobody can relate to me. Sherry Walker, just drink that tea, girl. Yes, sir. This is what I'm going to do. And I don't agree with that. That's not going to work for me. <laughs> No, that's not going to work for me. What can we do here? I would have never known to talk like that if it wasn't for my heart mom. And that's pivotal. So I want to teach my family that. I want to teach foster youth that. I want to teach them everything that my heart mom gave me because I think it was a blessing. I thought it was a curse at first to have the um, trauma that I had during childhood. Mm -hmm. I was like, why did you give me a mom like that? God? Why would you do that to me? Like, I wish my mom, I still sometimes say, man, I wish my mom was different. God, will you just heal my mom? Would mm -hmm. you heal her mental illness? But it's mm -hmm. still the same. Mm -hmm. Things haven't changed. But my goodness, how much of a blessing my heart mom has been to mm -hmm. me. If I could tell you that duality between the two personalities completely blew my mind how she talks to me. And uh, even if she doesn't agree, even if she's upset, because I could tell when she's upset, she'd be like, she looking like, girl, we all got problems. But she don't say that. She be like, mm, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. But she, she like taught me through, I'm going to ask you these questions. You make the decision. That may not be best for you, but you go ahead and do it. And even when I made the bad decision, she still loved me. She still spoke to me with respect. She still honored me and she didn't cut that, cut me off. Completely changed my life. My family members, they didn't have that opportunity. Yeah. My goodness, they didn't have that opportunity. And that's why things sometimes are the way they are. And that's why I'm trying to stop the generations of abuse. And that's why it does stop with me. The husband that I married, mm -hmm. the decisions that I'm making, going to school, knowing that there's a duality. I went back to USC um, to get my MSW because people would hear my experience and say, oh, poor foster youth. Oh, that's just your experience. No, no, no. no. no, no I no. learned social learning theory. I learned <laughs> um, all these different things. No, no, no. What I was seeing and what I'm saying is true. I may not have the intellectual uh, terminology for you mm -hmm. though I'm getting it now at USC <laughs> but what I'm saying is true so mm -hmm. everything my heart mom taught me is definitely coming into play of how I treat the children who I work with today how I treat my husband and how I'll treat my future children it all comes into play my heart mom changed my life it's, sorry I'm talking to oh, you no, it's I don't know my heart it's, mom's amazing all I can think about are I keep thinking the keys to your power, you know, it's mm. like that power was all, it's sort of the whole Wizard of Oz, you know, it's like you always had the power to mm. go home or, right. but it's like, she just said, here's the keys. If you turn that key that way, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. See, I'm just saying, try turning the key that way and, and kind I, of. That's exactly it because while I appreciate all the credit you give me, Carrie, <laughs> it was all inside you. She was intuitive. So when she talks about being able to like code switch, I, I think an, like a reframe is you're intuitive and you read the room mm. and you just needed a little bit of direction to know, mm -hmm. hey, this audience is not going to be so receptive to my quiet tea party voice. Right. <laughs> and yeah. this audience, if I want them to hear me, I need to speak like from my gut Mm -hmm. And share with them, right? Mm -hmm. The power of like your experience and your story. And so I like I've had the honor to sit with her at a quiet luncheon and hear her speak in front of a sold out crowd. 
And also, I think one of my favorite moments was watching her walk across mm. the California State Northridge stage with honors <laughs> in two. Alumnas. <right>? Yes. <laughs> I know. And so she's achieved all these things that were in you. You just, yeah, needed the key. And I do love the idea because I do know lots of people that come from different um, backgrounds and whatever, and sometimes they assimilate so much to what they've achieved that they can no longer, there's a, a disconnect. And I love from that. From where they came from, From you the, mean? where they came from, yes. Mm. Yes, and I think that that's, that's brilliant. I think that she's bringing I think it that's along brilliant. with her and that saying. You can be in either room and you can inspire either room and you didn't leave one room and have those that are in the other room sitting there saying, who do you think you are, girl? Mm. You know what I mean? So therefore, you have the power to help more than anything. Oh, I love that. You have the power because you can, you cross that bridge. Mm -hmm. Like, and it, it is, you didn't just cross it, but you just like, you're not dangling back and forth. You, mm -hmm. You're like, hey, follow me. I'm, I'm your guidance and I speak. I know this. I didn't leave it behind. Love that about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had not thought of it in those terms. That's a beautiful. I love that. To bridge that, what are we to gonna, connect. Okay, so whenever you're going to do whatever you're going to do, I'm going to help, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm in. Dedicated to saving the world, yes. right? Yes. So, like, how would you describe it? Like, your passion is for foster youth, especially those transitioning out. Yes. And her husband, who's in, how would you, is it? It's, oh, so he, he's in a graduate program for. Yes, yeah, so he's getting his Master's of Divinity. Oh. That's amazing. He just started the semester. And he amazing. absolutely loves it. So he's going to be an ordained minister. Um, and he works with international students. So his heart is for international students who come overseas, who want to be able to um, live and work and go to school in America, but may not have those relationships and may know God or may just be trying to find God or may just want community. So like he really builds that and he's the perfect person for that. He My is. heart is transitional age foster youth, both foster youth in foster care as well as transitional foster youth transitioning out of foster youth care who are older. So we've been able to like to host like this year, we're going to do it again. We're going to host an international Thanksgiving. So that's where we invite the international students and the former foster youth into the same room. And we all share a meal on the holidays because international students I want to go. And foster youth may not have a family. I was fortunate to have my heart mom and my heart dad. They invited me to all their Christmases until I got connected so that I had my own family, my own community to go somewhere. But it was hard. The holidays were the hardest days for me. Wow. Um, and I know that they can be hard days for also international yeah. students. So for us to come together, and at first I was wondering like, man, Lord, me and my heart mom, we got along. Me and my husband, we got along. But I don't know if everybody could get along. <laughs> it's different personalities, right? It's like, whoa. So I was like really scared, but it works out. Like it works out. Everyone was able to share. We play games. We get to get to know you games. It's just beautiful. We share hot pot, which is like the best food in the world. It it's is. like where you put some seasoning and some water, water and some meat in there. I don't know. My husband introduced me to it. It's the best yes. food I've ever tasted. I'm glad I married him. But it's like amazing that we get to have um, Thanksgiving and Christmas with the international students and the foster youth. And we include them in our lives because that's something that was pivotal with my heart mom it wasn't just uh like it started out with volunteering but she made me a part of her life so the events she would go to the people that she would talk to I think um this is just a side note but I think this is really really important and I was talking about it recently um 
is that um and i was at a conference i was at a conference and i was like listening because i'm like doing this workshop and they were sharing about like parents and parenthood and i thought about um something very pivotal so the woman she was doing the workshop and she shared about it's called post-traumatic slave syndrome and she said that um a result of that is that there would be why do african-american parents sometimes put down their children right right and she said sometimes right somebody will say something good about the child like your child is so smart and so beautiful and they'll say no they ain't if only they would clean a room if only they would do this oh no but they do all their homework they're getting aids in school only if they could get stuff done around the house and come home on time so like every good thing they would say the parent would say something bad and i was completely my biological mom every parent conference i'd go to because i was getting straight A's in school school was my escape she put it down well we want to adopt Sherry no you don't she hard-headed she don't do nothing every so I hate a parent conference not because I did anything bad usually kids don't like parent conference because they didn't get good grades right or they've been acting up in class I wasn't but my right. mom will put me down so bad and on the flip side with my heart mom she never got a chance to um go to parent conferences but something that she would do with just my career in life and even my teacher sometimes is she say send a group email so that i can meet with them and know that they're legit she didn't want anybody taking advantage of me and then she would go and meet with me with those people i think of when i worked at Warner brothers um it was amazing i had this internship and i have this mentor named kevin fortson he's like super high up um and i still talk mm -hmm. to him mm -hmm. um at Warner brothers and i remember she came with me and met with him and the whole conversation was just filled with affirmations about me he was like yeah sherry's really smart she's gonna be successful my mom was like yes yeah, she is i'm certain that she is what can we do here what can we do for her you know i'm like oh, girl, girl, i'm gonna be somebody i know my heart probably doesn't know that but i felt so good every meeting she met with my godparents you know every meeting she was like no yes yeah, sherry is very smart and what can we do yes yeah, she is very capable absolutely and even more so she's extraordinary you know like adding <laughs> right. more more right. affirmations right. and she made me feel good and i think that has a lot to do with learning my boundaries because like somebody tells you you're great you're beautiful and you know i'm like mm. my mom my biological mom had put me down so much but yeah. my heart mom those affirmations they mattered and she would say them and it wasn't like to puff me up she wouldn't be talking to me she would be talking to them but i was sitting there like whoa she hmm. thinks that much of me she thinks i'm worthwhile and worthwhile man mm -hmm. i do deserve better yes. so even i think even after we like had that big conversation about relationships i still slipped into some bad relationships but i was like you know what i don't deserve this my heart mom said i'm extraordinary <laughs> you know? like i would leave quicker before i would never leave but she taught sure. me pick up my things and i'm leaving when family members were trying to say you don't need to be going to school and you need to just make money no i'm gonna get my education i'm smart enough for school i'm gonna be an honor society you know like i never yeah. thought of those things before that was now i'd be like yep you're probably right i'm not doing nothing we need to just make money and get by but my heart mom instilled all of this positivity in me and i didn't think it made a difference at first i was like you just talking because you a nice lady who want to do something <laughs> you know you just want right. to do something for me because you know you and like at first i was like you just think i'm a charity case but like she really was there for me like she yeah. really is there for me during the hard times like she's seen me hair not done crying a complete mess sherry walker from the hood came back i'm like i don't care about none of this she like girl girl you need to bite this girl let's go get some sushi we gotta work today you just need sushi sherry. So I'm like, oh, thank you like and that part of the poem i didn't read like there's this big part and i didn't want the poem to be too long but she would take me to sushi and i like calm my soul i'll be crying over sushi like i don't know this so good 
She like, you gonna do good, Sherry. I was like, thank you, but I don't think I would have made it through college. And that's your comfort sushi. shit now, that right? My, that's my food for my soul. When I'm having a bad day, I go get sushi. I learned a budget now, so I don't get sushi every day because I can't afford it. My heart might talk that, but on the hottest days, I do get sushi. And I remember, like, I am extraordinary. I'm smart. I'm beautiful. Yes. I'm capable. I deserve yes. better. Yes. Here's the thing, and this is, and by the way, you know, this is three shows, the mountains, yes. but, but, but we are going to use all the great parts. But I just have to say that. I'm, I'm so struck right now about how I'm just in life for my own on, on my own journey of how how much we actually do affect each other's lives even in the tiniest ways that we don't realize we're affecting them you know mm. and and this is an obvious very powerful way that you've both affected each other's lives the takeaway is for me right now is that there really are no accidents you didn't want a tutor a subject you didn't want a tutor <laughs> of a subject you guys were just thrown together is what you thought you know and in that moment the crash that occurred the tsunami that came out of it is you know yes. that you will go into the world and make such a difference and already I've, you're touching so many people because you went you said you know what yeah, I don't want to tutor you in a subject, but I'm going to tell you a couple yeah, of other yeah, things. I had to tell and you, yeah. boom, this this magnificence happens. And also I'm struck by, I actually have a biological child that I'm thinking, dang, I don't think I've parented him as well as, as you did share. Okay, I got a little catch up to Okay, you. I got Thank God he's only 16. <laughs> There's still time. Yeah. And it's, it, and it strikes beautiful. me that the thing about just, she held a higher light. Then you could even see. That's all she did. Yeah. She just, she held a much higher light and she knew it with every ounce of her being. So you had no other choice, choice but to, to step walk into, into it. it. Yeah. You had it's no so other true. choice. It's so I love that part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, yeah. thank you guys so much for being this here together. This was the best yeah. ever. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, everybody, that's our show. Lupe and I loved bringing Sherry's story to you. If this episode moved you or inspired you, we would really appreciate it if you could rate our podcast and share it with a friend. Thanks for your support. And to find out more about our writers, go to our website, Instagram, or Twitter. If it's not one thing, it's your mother. And that's the number one, not the word one. Want to do something to help us? Go wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review us. Five stars would be nice. You can say something complimentary. Because you know what? It really does help other people find our show. And also share us with a friend. Because word of mouth is the best compliment.